0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Library Girl and Book Boy podcast. Today I am talking to Aisha Bushby about her new book, A Pocket Full of Stars, published by Egmont. It's her first middle grade title and it is truly wonderful. Have a listen to what she's got to say and find out how the computer game Zelda inspired a major rewrite. Good evening, everyone. Today I am talking to Aisha Bushby about her first middle grade title, A Pocket Full of Stars, which is out with Egmont right now. Hi there.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure talking to people about their books.
1: Um, It's always a pleasure talking about books.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I agree. So shall we start by you telling us about A Pocket Full of Stars?
1: Yes, so um, A Pocket Full of Stars is a middle grade book about Sophia. Um, She's 13 years old and she loves video games. Her parents are divorced and um, she lives with her father because she doesn't really get along with her mum. They never really seem to agree about anything. But one day after a particularly bad argument, Sophia's mum falls into a coma Um, And Sophia goes and visits her mum in hospital but when she does she wakes up in a strange new world Um, and this world looks familiar in several different ways so on the one hand it reminds her a little bit about her favourite video game called Fairy Hunters but on the other it reminds her a little bit about a photograph she's seen before Um, and so Sophia soon finds out she's in this world of her mother's memories. and that she must unlock the memories and piece them together like her game um, and that she hopes that if she does manage to piece these clues together she just might be able to wake her mother up
0: Brilliant. and the whole gaming concept is so fantastic and we will come to that in a minute but before we do you mentioned the kind of dream sequences when she vis- visits the hospital and seemingly goes into her mum's Memories yeah. And the descriptions in those are so vivid, you can really kind of smell and see and feel the surroundings around you through your descriptions. And I know that um, you spent some time living in the Middle East. And I wonder if that helped you to frame the settings in your story at all?
1: um yeah so I was actually born in the Middle East so I was born um yeah I was born in the Middle East but I actually grew up in Kuwait and that is where my mother's family is from um and I didn't move to England till I was about seven or eight so most of my formative memories come from Kuwait and it's really weird because I have this kind of point of the before and after so I can almost kind of trace my memories back because I know like where they happened um and because they're kind of my formative memories they're, they're the ones that I I think back with the most nostalgia Um, and I just wanted to capture those feelings of nostalgia and put them in a book and sort of have a world that felt like it was a portal fantasy, but a world that was familiar to me and maybe not as familiar to readers.
0: Yeah, and you do it so vividly because I have no experience of visiting or living in the Middle East, but I could really picture um, the scenes, obviously, that you were so familiar with yourself.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: it's a mark of, mark of good writing. Um, so as well as drawing on um, settings and scenery that you remember, are there any of the um, scenarios or characters from your real life that perhaps you've incorporated into this story?
1: Um, so kind of the weird thing about that. So I said, I grew up um, in Kuwait and then moved to England when I was a little older. Um, and I kind of often see Sophia and Amina as both being the different versions of me. Um, sometimes it feels like I've lived two very different lives growing up in both Kuwait and England because they're they're so different. I, they're honestly not comparable. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm torn between the two worlds because I've had such different experiences. Um, and so I think they kind of represent those two different facets of my life. And I just wanted to separate them and explore them both. And actually, what's really interesting is it ends up with two characters who can't seem to really get along. So that says a lot about my internal struggles, it does,
0: doesn't it? in a book
1: yeah
0: <laughs> um i really i've read quite my son is 10 and he loves books about gaming and it was a surprise to me when i read your book that it had such a strong magical gaming element and it was written in such a way that i had never read it written before and i was just wondering a whether you were a, a bit of a gamer yourself and what inspired you to include this as such a major thread through the story
1: um, so yeah, I do love games. I don't play them as much as Sophia does, but I definitely I love playing video games wherever I can. Um and my boyfriend is a massive gamer as well. So like I quizzed him a lot about this when I kind of went into it. Because Sophia plays computer games, and that is actually very different to people who play console games. They're two very different experiences. So Sophia's a computer gamer. Um but it was It's really interesting because when I first came up with the idea, I knew that Sophia's mum would fall into a coma and I knew that she would want to save her. I wanted to sort of use the kind of classic quest um, story, but put it in a contemporary setting. But I didn't quite know how she would do that and whether that would be a mystery or something else. Um, and so it was kind of halfway through my edits that I'd kind of gone down a completely different thread and it wasn't working at all. And I couldn't sleep. So I ended up staying up all night playing The Legend of Zelda. And I was completely taken by the puzzles that you have to solve in the game. Going to these kind of different areas and you have like different puzzles to solve and they unlock different kind of sections of the story. And you sort of watch these scenes that kind of help you solve the puzzles. And so I ended up thinking about how I could include that in the book. So the memories became scenes that she would watch and she would have to use clues from them to kind of solve a puzzle similarly to The Legend of Zelda. And and that's kind of when everything slotted into place. It was kind of combining the quest with the kind of the the, the issues that Sophia's going through and kind of incorporating the gaming elements. And then it finally just worked in a, in a really strange way.
0: And this came to you during your edit?
1: Yeah, so that's what's really weird. It was a completely different story. It would take so long to go into um, what it was. It was a mystery where Sophia was meant to find, it was actually Sophia was meant to find Rowan. So the kind of missing piece to this big puzzle was finding the whereabouts of Rowan. But with technology, it was actually really difficult for me to create a scenario in which Rowan wasn't easy to find. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. and that was a really huge problem. So I I ended up bringing the gaming element and I realized that actually it needed to be more about Sophia and her mum rather than this other character but it would take so long to kind of talk about all of the like little conversations that happened in between but yeah so the book was very different and it was about halfway through my edits that I I completely changed it.
0: Wow so do you find um, when you're kind of planning plotting a story that you have certain key scenarios in mind or do you plan everything very rigidly or do you are you more fluid in how you write?
1: I try to plan um, and what I tend to do is I kind of know I have different points that I need to get to in a story but that might only be the beginning the very middle and the end and I've come to realize after kind of many months of anguishing over my process that actually I do just need to write through it and sometimes it's a case of me so with my current book I've I'm going over the first draft for the third time because I have to just write into things and that's where I get my ideas and um, I think I'm just accepting that that's my process and that kind of my ideas just come by just just writing through it
0: interesting because I know st- diff- different writers all plan and work in such different ways it's always fascinating hearing how individuals approach things so that's yeah interesting to hear I can't believe you changed it
1: through your edits it's it's, uh, not one chapter has stayed the same
0: (laughs) well that is a good edit if that's the case isn't
1: it (laughs) yeah it is yeah wow Um,
0: so fundamentally I suppose for me this book was what about family but also um, friendship and growing up and becoming who you want to be that's what I took um, from the book myself yeah key messages do you hope that readers will take from your story
1: I think for me it's that it's okay to feel things and also express them Um, because I have that the motif of like the monster and fire and feeling angry and having a tiger heart and I just think we have such kind of negative connotations about feeling anger Um, it seems to be it seems to be more accepted to be apathetic about things than it is to be angry about them and I find that really strange and I'm a very emotional person I cry a lot and I've I spent a lot of years of my life feeling like weirdly ashamed about feeling a lot of emotions. Um, and I just, I don't think that's okay. I think that to me, I mean, obviously people kind of deal with their own things in their own way. But for me, I don't want to feel ashamed about being, you know, sad about things or angry about things or upset about things, yeah. but equally super excited and happy about things. And I just want people to know that it's okay to just feel things and it's okay to feel them deeply if you do. Um, and it's just part of being human. And I think for me, that's the biggest thing I hope readers take away from this. But also, I think everything I write, I think it will have a theme in, in everything I write because it's just so important to me. Hmm,
0: interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Now, you mentioned that you were um, on your third edit of your current project.
1: Well, third draft. No one else has seen it but me. <laughs> third kind of first draft. How Absolutely. Yeah. So
0: this is so. What so? This book is your first uh, middle grade title, isn't it? The one that a pocket full of stars. Yes. And um, how was writing this different to the other stories that you have um, written?
1: Um, so it it was a challenge because so the other thing about a pocket full of stars, it had a whole history before it found a publisher. I thought it was a YA, and then we kind of aged it down and down and down. Um, and I, I'm completely happy with it being in kind of, obviously the middle grade realm, but it meant some kind of themes had to be aged down. And But also in the sense that kind of, you can have the exact same story, but it's about what you choose to put on or off the page. So I had to be care- very careful about what I put on the page um, for readers and to make sure that I kind of didn't put too much, like I implied certain things that were kind of difficult to discuss. I can, I'm very careful about, for example, Um, describing exactly what happened to Amina's mum to put her into a coma Mm -hmm. because I just I just felt like it I didn't I didn't I don't know I didn't want to kind of describe it too heavily I wanted to focus on what it meant for Sophia and and what she wanted to do with it Um, but the other thing is I actually spent like almost an entire edit just adding humor and lightness to the story Um, so I kind of would read through it and then I would almost feel the weight of it on my shoulder. So at a point at which I was reading the story and it felt a little bit too heavy, I would try and add a light scene or add, a, add something humorous to kind of just make the reading experience a little bit less heavy for readers. And so I think I had to be very careful about how the story played out in a way that I don't necessarily have to with my most recent project. And I mean, it might be the case in the future, but I think when you write about kind of themes of kind of to be very careful about how you kind of depict that for a reader, so it's still an enjoyable read
0: yeah when i'm a huge advocate of funny books and i do think that humor is just such a fantastic way of making trickier or more sensitive issues um more accessible for younger readers and it kind of opens up the doorway to a conversation about them too if, if they if they want to doesn't it
1: yeah absolutely yeah i think kind of one book that springs to mind is charlie changes into a chicken and the way that yes, kind uses humour,
0: yeah, absolutely hilarious. But at the same time, such strong mental health themes and obviously yeah. illness running through it. Yeah, it's, it's it's clever and very hard to do, I think, as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think a lot of people use humour as a coping mechanism. I think I do. I think sometimes what, the worst things that happen have happened to me turn into a punchline because that's kind of the only way that I can process them.
0: Yeah, you have to laugh, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah even if it's really not funny
1: yeah yeah Yeah.
0: No, interesting thank you it's it's always interesting to know how books have to be tailored for a specific age group and I think I think you're right sometimes not having too much specific or graphic detail and then just alluding to things happening is enough for that readership to take on board okay something's happened but we're kind of moving on from that and the story is about something else almost yeah that's really interesting thank you so I know that you have got a second middle grade a standalone title due out uh, next year is that is that still correct
1: so what's interesting is that kind of what we haven't said is that it's excitingly going to be a series um so we'd planned for a standalone but then I think sometimes stories have a way of choosing their own path so Mm -hmm we so there so i had an idea and we kind of decided that we think it works well as a series um and so i can't really say very much about it yet but kind of the only thing i can say is that there will be a magical world to explore and that's pretty much all i'm allowed to say
0: (laughs) i know i always like to put people on the spot and ask but i do appreciate that you can't say very much but it's exciting that's been picked up as a series that's good news
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to kind of see the direction it goes in. It's weird because when you write, I don't think you plan, you don't, I mean, I don't personally plan things in that way. I just think, okay, this is a story that I want to write and then it becomes something else. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what's happened with this one.
0: Mm, um, Do you have a rough idea of when the first one will be out or is there no kind of release date in the pipeline yet?
1: I mean, we haven't had it confirmed, but I think the idea is still um, kind of a year after the first one. So I think we're looking at August, but you you never know with schedules; Sometimes it can change, but I think the plan is August and I hope it is because I really like that time of year.
0: Ah, exciting. And do you have anything else out in between time, maybe for older readers or younger readers?
1: No, I don't. I would love to be able to write kind of for different age groups. It's something I really hope to do in the future, but I think kind of getting to grips with middle grade first is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, you're off to a cracking start, a pocket full of stars. Really, it it surprised me in a really good, positive way. And I'm looking forward to putting it into the hands of other younger readers now that I've spoken to you and obviously had the chance to read it myself. So thank you. um, Oh, well, thank
1: you for saying that. Thank you.
0: (laughs) It's my pleasure. And that brings me to the end of my questions. So I'm going to thank you very much again for giving me your time and talking to me this evening. Thank you. And and I'm going to say thank you and good night.
1: Okay, good night.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed the interview and my computer game book-based recommendations. If you would like any recommendations for a topic you're doing or for a particular reader you know, please do get in touch with me. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram as at booksuperhero2. Or you can get hold of me on my blog, www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com. Or you can find me in my Library Girl and Book Boy Facebook group. Go on, don't be shy. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Um, if you did, make sure you remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new broadcasts. The next one I have coming up is an interview with Shabelle Pounder about her new book Beyond Platform 13, which is based as a follow on from one of Eva Ibbotson's classics. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out and I will talk to you next time. Goodbye.